forever. Dog. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, scary Stories to Tell in the pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, real ghosts, fake ghosts, ghosts who are fake, like bad <laughs> friends. Um, and it's a comedy podcast about scary things, not a scary thing podcast about scary things. Um, we use Wikipedia like it's a book and <laughs> it's not very well researched, but if you're a deeply lonely coroner, um, this is a great podcast. For <laughs> I think about a hundred percent of our listeners live in like isolated geographic areas or work under the ground with bodies and I've never according to our emails. Yeah. It, it, it really I, works. We, we found our crew. We really did. <laughs> If you're like, oh, I can't wait for quarantine to be over so I can get out there and party. Yeah. This is, oh, maybe it is for you. I don't know. Maybe a coroner is also a party animal, but this is really, this is for people who um, need a lot of baths. Yeah. If the, if you're someone whose hobbies are soft foods, blankets, and cadavers, I think you're going to really enjoy this. <laughs> oh my God. Well, my dog is a big fan then. She's <laughs> nasty ass. Um <laughs> Um, but, uh, Andrew, uh, we are in the Lenten season. We right? sure are. Yeah. I have it's Lent. forgotten to not eat meat, but then again, I'm also a gay person. So I think maybe none of this really matters. <laughs> Look, you, it's fine. We can talk about Leviticus another time, but, um, <laughs> if you're wearing a, a wool and cotton sweater, then you're allowed to be gay. And Jesus said that he did. Anyway, so um, if, Look, we're going to fix it. We're going <laughs> to fix it with the podcast. But um, Andrew, uh, you and I both grew up Catholic. We did. I also grew up half Jewish and celebrated Passover. Hog Sameach. Happy wow. Pesach. Happy Passover to all who celebrate and to all who don't celebrate. Especially. Um, yes. Um, and it, but basically one of the very first things that I wanted to be when I grew up was to be a saint. Right. Um, I don't know if you were into saints growing up, Andrew, but um, oh, I should I should set it up. Today's Wednesday, and on Wednesdays we do an urban legisode, which is where we talk about something spooky mm-hmm. that is not a part of the scary stories to tell in the dark um, sort of cinematic universe. Um, and I thought I'd do like a little prequel before the episode. Oh, this is a twist, and I'm I'm yeah. already excited. It's a little bit of a twist. Um, so. Uh, I really wanted to be a saint when I grew up and I was really into saints and I liked, um, I liked saint comic books. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked a lot of things about them and I wanted to be one. And were, were you focusing in on, um, female saints or male saints or did it not matter? Um, I guess I, I felt more connected to the female saints because like basically they all, have very close to the same story. Yes. Um, like she was married off to a pagan man and she blew her brains out, uh, <laughs> instead of kissing him and sang to the Lord while she was, had her freaking scalp eaten by leeches. Yes. And like, 
and it's like, yes, girl, go off. And that's how I learned like, oh, to be a good woman is to suffer. We love this. Um, <laughs> but, um, oh, that sound in the background is a tiny chihuahua sort of burrowing into my meditation pillow that I don't use. Oh, I love that. She sensed it. It's a calming place for her. Um, it is. And so uh, there are miracles that in order to become canonized, mm-hmm. uh, you have to meet certain standards um, and they need to have a certain number of miracles. Some of these miracles that they can perform uh, stigmata, having the sort of the wounds of Christ show up. Right. Which I was always confused as a, as a miracle where I was sort of like, well, could you have just done that to yourself? It feels like that's very possible, but I, I don't want to get in the way of a miracle. Yeah, try not to be a hater, Andrew. Um, <laughs> just because some people have stigma and you don't. That's you know. true. That's very true. Um, there's um, the gift of tongues, mm-hmm. like speaking in tongues. Um, only living on the Eucharist for 13 years. Curing the 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 ill, you know. Um, oh, I'm getting an ad on this site for Face It, Abortion Kills. Oh, God. Is, well, we love this. Happy Lent, everybody. Let's go back to church, Andrew. Um <laughs> And then my favorite miracle, which has sort of fallen out of favor, is bodies of the saints that remain incorrupt after death. Oh, Anna. So today we will be talking about incorruptibility. Um, and the main source I'm going to be using is Wikipedia. But uh, uh, I am I- electrified by this, Anna. I'm so <laughs> excited. Wow. Oh, my God. I'm really excited. Okay. So I'm just going to read straight from... Uh, the book of our Lord, uh, according to Wikipedia. (laughs) So incorruptibility is the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox belief that divine intervention and that someone like is so holy that it allows some human bodies, specifically saints to avoid the normal process of decomposition after death as a sign of their holiness. Wow. Bodies that undergo little or no decomposition or delayed decomposition are sometimes referred to as incorrupt or incorruptible. Um, and so, so there's like a bunch of stories about like, they died declaring their love for Christ. And then we opened their tomb for some weird ass reason. And they were absolutely the same. And a lot of the time it's a woman and it's like, she looked gorgeous and like they're sleeping beauties. (laughs) Um, so, uh, we're going to read a list of incorruptible saints. This is um, so perfect. But here's the thing, Andrew. Here's the thing. Most people, they picture like, oh, the body is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, uh, it's just slowed down. Right. It, it's like the the skin, everything is kind of sunken and shrinking, but the skin still kind of looks like it's been polished. Yeah. Or like... Um, Oh, at, at some point, like a year and a half after they died, we opened it and she looked fine. And now you'll go and look at Incorruptible Saints and it truly is like a skeleton. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture of one who's Saint Vittoria. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put it in the chat. <laughs> Wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, describe what you're seeing. This is an absolute skeleton in a first communion dress staring Uh at me through a stained glass window. Like this, that is a skeleton, ma'am. 
So she's propped up on her hand. She's in a glass coffin, which all these incorruptible saints are in glass coffins for like tourists to walk past. Right. And she has her mouth, her little skeleton mouth kind of open. Right. So it looks like she's got her head on her hand going, hey, (laughs) and her other hand on her hip. And she's wearing like festive Roman clothing and flowers in her hair and some kind of like tulle veil over her face. This is a glamour and it's a skeleton. shot. Yeah, this is a skeleton glamour shot. Someone took a, a skeleton to a 1980s mall and was like, can we make her look <laughs> can we make can we make my daughter look like she's in vogue? And this is what What happened. can we do here? Yes, exactly. Um so this is from listverse.com, another sort of Wikipedia book. Good. Um this is an article Top 10 Incorruptible Corpses by Jamie <laughs> Freider. Um number 10 is St. Bernadette of Lourdes. I, I love St. Bernadette. Are you a fan, Andrew? I, I, St. Bernadette is one of the few saints who I really know. I think she got a lot of press. Yeah, she saw Mary. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I remember there was some sort of like made-for-TV movie where her father was a rag picker and like <laughs> got the plague or something. I don't know. But out. it electrified me at the time. Um, so she's from Lourdes, France. And in 1858, she reported 18 apparitions of quote a lady good and despite initial skepticism from the church these claims were eventually declared to be worthy of belief after a canonical investigation so are these there are these like sort of x-files Mulder and scully type bishops who like if you're like something saintly happened they have to have like a, an official investigation launched and has to be through a bishop it's a whole thing you have uh, to get corporate involved i feel like that's our calling anna like i feel like oh my god that would be our x-files if we were born in a time where we couldn't have become comedy writers i agree i would love to be a bishop who specifically only did this and nothing not fun um, <laughs> <laughs> um instead of like budget stuff just right look at bodies looking at dead bodies like, mm, looks yeah pretty holy to me um, and so she was incorruptible. We love that. Um, this next person, number nine, is actually crazy. Um, this is uh Saint John Vianney. Oh, I think I went to middle school with him. Yeah, he, he was really cute. Johnny Vianney. Johnny Vianney is great. <laughs> okay, so there's another French priest, <laughs> and he his incorruptible corpse is actually amazing. Okay. Um, it looks like a dude. Wow. Okay. And something kind of sick about him is that he regularly goes on tour. Oh, God. Did you know that, Andrew? We have we were raised in a spooky faith, Anna. It is so spooky. We've talked about this many times that all Catholics are, are witches on some level. <laughs> all Catholics are a little bit goth. Yes. Um, touring bodies around? He So not his entire body. Oh, D- Andrew, tell me if this is better or worse. Just his heart This goes on tour and like the Knights of Columbus will bring it in. It came to Long Island at one point. Uh, um, he's the patron saint of parish priests and he goes all over. He goes to like New Mexico. He goes all over the world. There was a six month heart of a priest tour, <laughs> um, which started in Connecticut. Heart and of a went, tour sounds like a John Bon Jovi. Like this is, this is <laughs> it a, sounds, it sounds like a death metal concert. <laughs> um, and it's in a little glass and gold box that's supposed to look like a church. And there's just like a little lump in the middle of the, the box, not to be disrespectful, but like they make dog treats that are dehydrated yes, chicken hearts. And yeah. it looks almost exactly like that. That's hard. 
and they took it out of his body 45 years after his death. So apparently like they opened the body and it was still there, which I guess is cool. Unusual. Yeah. Um, and people go and like pray to it and like have tears and Ugh. it's a whole thing. I feel, um, I guess to me, it's like the, all of, again, Anne and I were, were raised in the Catholic church. I think what's funny to me is like, <laughs> I think my, the vibe in my Catholic church was kind of like looking at other denominations of Christianity and being like, those people are wild. And then it's like, those freaking weirdos. <laughs> yeah. And it's, are you going to go see John Vianney's heart? <laughs> yeah. We'll get a sandwich after you come with me. Right. It's like, we'll carpool. Yeah, I don't know about I don't know about this little Nas X music video, but we out, we're going to go see the the Dead Priest Heart in a little bit. Oh my god! So yeah, there's like a lot of asterisks next to the idea that it's like incorruptible. Like right, you really like okay. Well, for a minute now it's a skeleton, or like they'll cover it with wax. Um, so you're just looking at a wax figure. Oh, um, like Saint Vincent de Paul. Yeah. He's got like a full wax over his face. Um, I'm I'm saying this now, Anna. In the very unlikely event that my body is incorruptible when I die, don't let don't let any wax works happen. Okay. Okay. I. You know what I think we should do. I, I promise I will make sure. I'll send that to me in an email and I'll yep. get it notarized and then we'll be good. <laughs> Um, so I think what we should do is just sort of review pictures of inter- incorruptible saints. I think this is great. Um, I'm putting a bunch of links in the chat. Do you want to go to the list first one first? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay, yeah. The Bernadette one. Bernadette, she looks good. She looks good, but this is like, that's a wax figure. Yeah. Yeah, this one feels you know? the most like, um, this one feels a little bit more like, Right. This could be anything. This could just be a sculpture, a death mask. Yeah, it is. And St. John Vianney, he looks great. Like, he does look like a corpse, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Like, the other thing that's going on is that a lot of these bodies are in tombs, and tombs preserve. There's something about the, the humidity and, like, the lack of light that, like, slows down the decomposition process. Right. And then once they take them out of the crypt to look at them, they will decompose faster. Yeah. Also, I'm, I I feel like there must be something to like, I remember the, there's a lot of problematic things about this place, but the Mudder Museum in Philadelphia has like, oh, a lot yeah. of like medical oddities and bodies on display. And there was just a woman who died and her body turned to soap. Uh, like in the uh, decomposition process, her body turned into soap. Oh, don't do that. Like something right happened. And so it's like I, these things can happen, you know. I, I definitely think St. John Vianney is the one who's most like, I think he's probably in a good climate. I think probably he like didn't eat a lot of processed food. Yeah, he's one of those people who's just like naturally vegan. Right, right. And he cannot, he looks like, like it's, it's the thing where you're, you don't look at him and you're like, that guy's healthy, but he would do much better in Survivor than you would expect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about St. Vita? She's number four. Okay. Like, um, this is someone who looks like a straight up. Yeah. I mean, I'll give her some. So St. Vita died in 1272 AD. Um, yeah, she's a, she's a full skeleton. So it's been a while. It's been a while, but. Oh, sorry. Zeta. Oh, Zeta. Oh, okay. Like big ZD. <laughs> I mean, here's the credit I'll give. It's been, it's been 
800 years approximately. Um, there is still skin and a nose. Yeah. So that yes. that is, I mean, it's like she's not doing bad. No. And so to me, this is like a good example of a, like, okay, that's an actually cool incorruptible. She is. Um, so. Oh, sorry. Just looking at Atlas Obscura, mm-hmm. um, she was a peasant girl who died in seventeen or sorry, twelve seventy two. So a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she gave her bread to the poor, and she was nice and worked really hard. And she's a patron saint of maids. Oh, which we love. Um, and so she was smuggling bread from where she was working, like extra bread to the poor, and then she got ratted out by a fellow servant, which like. Ugh. Why? Gross. Um, and then when the head of the family pulled open her apron, instead of bread, only flowers fell to the ground. <gasps> I love wow. that. That's that's God being fun. I love when God's fun. I love when God's like, boom, it's flowers, but like I'm not gonna do anything about like, you know, other stuff. Yeah, I love when God's like snitches get flowers. You know, like that's what happens. <laughs> the friends of snitches get flowers yeah. in their aprons. <laughs> and that's God for you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and apparently when she died at age 60 the church bell spontaneously began to toll I think that's cool Um, following her death her fame spread and uh, she was closely associated with the town of Luca Mm -hmm. and she was mentioned by name name checked in Dante's Inferno in a good way I assume in a good way yes in passing reference that indicates he expected his audience to know who he was talking about so she's like a little bit like Lady Gaga is my, the vibe that I'm picking up on. I love that. Like people just like her. Yeah, I get it. I get it too. I mean, also it, I'm just reading here that she is appealed to in order to help find lost keys, which also feels like. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh my God. I thought that was just St. Anthony. Yeah. St. Anthony, I think is like lost things in general. It's funny that St. Wow. Zita She's is specific- like keys. She's specifically keys. Well, I mean, who has more keys than, you know, house cleaners? <laughs> That's a very good it's point. Them and dog walkers and supers. Yep, that's it. Um, so her body was exhumed in 1580, like 300 years after her death, and she was found to be incorruptible. Great. And her body was put on display in a silver casket, as is tradition in the church where she had prayed while alive. She was finally canonized in 1696. That- Although her body is incorruptible, it is browned and wizened, mm-hmm. most likely the result of a form of natural mummification. Only her hands and face are uncovered for viewing. Well, that's appropriate, I think. That's appropriate. She got to wear a dress. What are you talking about? I don't, yeah, I don't want anyone being like, I want to see your knees. Like, no, 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 no. Let no. me see them. Yeah. I want to believe in God more. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, um, I I like St. Zita, and I'm I'm on board with this incorruptibility. I am too. I, yeah, like, I'd much rather... I mean, I think there's, like, two kinds of people, Andrew, honestly. I think there's people who would kind of just rather see the the wax figure and not know that it's wax and think that it's magic. Yes. And then people who want to see the skeleton and be impressed that it has skin. Yeah. And that's, that's my thing. I am very willing to sit in wonder of the mystery of things, you know? And, yeah. and for me, if you're, if you died 800 years ago and you still have skin that deserves some attention. And I think I'm signing off on this one. Yeah. Um, so this is another one, uh, St. Francesca Romana. Okay. She's also incorruptible. Um, and so we were talking about like how the, the climate of where the person is buried affects, um, like if they open it, it can affect it. So she was deemed incorrupt 
just after her death, like a couple months after she died in 1440. Mm-hmm. And then when her tomb was reopened two centuries later, she was nothing but bone. Uh. And apparently opening the tomb can disrupt the microclimates, at least to spontaneous preservation. So even the body of a saint can decompose after it's discovered. This is surprisingly unproblematic for believers. The church doesn't count incorruptibility as an official Vatican-approved miracle anymore. Oh, interesting. It's more like a favorable, if fading, sign from God. Yeah. Um, and this, this is all from Atlas Obscura. Great. Uh, incorruptibility also isn't binary, something you either are or aren't. It can affect just one body part, lending extra significance to a heart, a tongue, or a hand. Tongue. Oh. Ooh. There are shades and degrees within the ranks of the incorrupt that make the numbers impossible to tally. I enjoy I enjoy the fact that it can kind of be fired off. Like just any random part of your body can be incorruptible. Um, and and probably that, that way, that's why we like if if your tongue is still around, you know, hundreds of years after you died, I would assume that like it's like, oh, this was a person very their speech was blessed. Yeah. You know? Yes, 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 yeah. Like they they spoke the word of God. Right. I'm going to send you a picture of Saint Francesca Romana. Great. And oh yeah, this so this is yeah. A skeleton. She's she's skeleton, yeah. and she's wearing a. It looks it sort of looks like she's looking at her phone in bed. A little <laughs> this, bit. Is very, this is very much. This is she's lying next to. I mean, I would assume she's a saint. She's not. She's not married. But it's like she's in a. She's sharing a room with someone. Um, and she was like, okay, I'm really not looking at my phone before bed, and then is very secretly. Uh, brightness all the way down, like sneaking yeah. a peek. <laughs> yeah, her roommate was like, "Can you? Sorry, like I know that I have my sleep mask on, but like the the light from your phone like gets through the cracks near my nose." And she was like, "Sorry, sorry, sorry, sorry." It's it's the little socked toes that really I find this picture very endearing. A skeleton. You got to cover on. the toes. Yeah. Yeah. Again, just the face and the hands are uncovered for viewing. You, you can't see the feet. No. She knows about wiki feet. Okay, she's not trying to get on there. Wow. Yeah. And and you know what? A person, a saint who sets boundaries even after death, I also approve of. Yeah, you can't look. Yeah. Um, if you scroll, okay, let's look at Saint Paula Fresanetti. She's on okay. Atlas Obscura too. Hold on. So Saint Paula has more than Saint Francesca Romana. Correct. She has a skin. She's you know what? I'd say she's a little bit Stephen Gamaly. Yeah. Like her skin is decomposing and you can see the top rows of her teeth and she's kind of going like, Um, but she's in a black nun's habit with like a white bonnet around her face and she's holding a book. Every saint, saints love reading. Um, And again, she's in a glass casket um, and is wearing like little witch shoes and it looks like tourists are walking past her. She really Um, looks asleep. Like, I think she's really got a sleep face and not dead face, which helps, I think, in the incorruptibility department. So you're saying that this is a wonderful and corrupt saint? Andrew, is that what you're saying? I'm I'm saying that, like, what is the the accomplishment here of, uh, yeah, the the accomplishment here of of this degree of incorruptibility is I would not be absolutely stunned if her eyes opened. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, this person's very ill, but... Um, there's still life in this body. It's very fascinating. Well, so you're saying it's a little too good to be true. Well, then you'd be correct (gasps) because St. Paula was given a bath in carbolic acid to help preserve her. Excuse me, St. Paula. 
What are you doing? Anna, this is when you and I are asked to, to bathe um, a body in the inevitable future. This is a thing where it's like, oh, and they, they want to be bathed in carbonic acid. <laughs> no, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Is it carbonic or carbolic? Sorry. I can't. I can't. We cannot know this. I No, I, I just um, I just wasn't sure if carbo- I uh, Carbolic acid. Great. Yes. Okay, so this one is St. Victoria, which I think is actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, these next two pictures I'm sending you. So this is a saint who has, um, like, she has the wax <gasps> over her. Great, fine. But the wax figure is giving you the idea of how she died. Oh, my um, God. In, on her face, her eyes are, like, a little bit open and their eyes are rolled up. And it is a wax figure, but she looks a little beat up and her mouth is open. She's going, (laughs) it looks like she's listening to her roommate's boyfriend talk about the like um, new Suicide Squad trailer. She's like, and she has a like, it looks like someone took a sword and stabbed her neck, Um, like a wound on her neck that's bleeding. Oh, Um, and then her hand, the wax on her hand is rubbed away. So that you can see the skeleton on the inside. So that's to show her um, the relics, so that people can see. That's scary. It oh, is that's scary. Very scary to me to see. Uh, there's something. It's, it, you know how people have fear of seeing a bunch of little identical holes next to each other. Yes, I think I have one which is wax, and below the wax is just crumbling bone. I don't. Like that. <laughs> What's the, yeah, what's it called? Trypophobia or whatever? Yeah, what's the yeah. trypophobia for specifically only this? <laughs> um, and I'm sending you the picture. But for this, I'm giving this like a 10 bones out of 10. Like for me, this is icon. This is really good. Oh, yeah. No, this is excellent. Um, So this picture is the incorrupt arm of St. Vra- Francis Xavier. Oh, Francis Xavier. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to describe what we're what we're looking at? I mean, this looks very much out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is um, yes. a gorgeous, gilded variety of sculpture. It, you know what it is? It looks like a magic mirror, but in the center of it is, from for the outset, I think it looks like a cybernetic arm. Um, yes. But it is instead just a severed arm where, like... The forearm part of it looks a little more skin-like, and then by the time we get to the fingers, it's just bone. Yes. Yeah, correct. It's, like, very beautiful. It does look like a prop from The Mummy. Yes, that's Like, that's it just it. looks like a mummy arm. Yeah, that's it. And uh, it's so... Have you ever seen a saint relic in person, Andrew? I, I have not. I haven't. It's very freaky. I was in Prague for a second and saw... Uh, like was not expecting to see St. Relics. It's just like, there's a million churches there and I was killing time and went and looked and like, it's very strange. Like it's not, they're not well lit. Um, So you have to like lean in to kind of look at what's happening. Wow. Um, Yeah. Like they want to limit the amount of light exposure, I guess, but like, and there's so much shit around it. Like what you can see with this picture, it's like all gilded and like, it's in a glass thing and there's gold plating and there's like filigreed, like lilies and uh and it's like up on a big thing and then it's just like this little shriveled carrot that's like this is the spleen of saint francesca the andrew (laughs) and like 
And her saintly power was she didn't want to get married at age 11. (laughs) And then she screamed and was shot. And we love that about her. We've talked about St. Agatha, right, on this podcast before. I think so. What's her thing again? The, the, the basic thing is I was, I have a notoriously difficult, um, whenever I get blood drawn, it's like impossible. They have to prick me like 12 times. And I went oh. in and, and the nurse was like, well, let's let St. Agatha guide the needle. And she took out a charm oh. and then she oh. got it on the first try, like, imme- like Come on. immediately. Then I looked it up and St. Agatha, and again, this $20 in the Christopher Ryan Memorial Fund, if you've heard this already, but I think it bears repeating, especially for this episode. Um, she is a saint who is most often depicted with her excised breasts on a platter. Yes. And she's the goddess of precarious situations. So I, <laughs> <laughs> that is a precarious situation, but my, my boobs are on a plate. It's a problem. <laughs> but much like what you're describing of every, every woman saint, um, she like, didn't want to marry this mad King. And then he was like, I'll cut your breasts off. And she was like, go ahead. And she, and he did. And then she lived for like another, like 14 days and then she died. Unbelievable. Um, So you can live 14 days without your boobs. Just keep that in mind. (laughs) But this arm, I'm, I'm so like, what's interesting about this is like, what are the, what's the process of being like, okay, we're leaving the rest of the body in the tomb. We're taking the arm. Like whose job is it to cut the arm off? weirdos weirdos there was one where um a saint's head was removed (gasps) and it just came off easily (laughs) like they didn't have to cut it off imagine like what are you doing imagine the like disappointment of the guy who brought the bone saw like oh oh okay well all right well you're still paying me (laughs) um anyway this is all this is the beginning of a conversation. This is sort of a chat room about incorruptibility. Um, if you want to find out more, go on atlasobscura.com. Uh, also the Order of the Good Death, Caitlin Doty, my favorite YouTube um mortician, has a great uh video about it. And on their blog, The Order of the Good Death, they have great articles that you can sort of enjoy. Cause this is just the tip of the iceberg. If you're somebody who enjoys this sort of thing. You can have yourself a full weekend of just a Google rabbit hole. This, I, um, I've, I've spent so little time thinking about this element of Catholicism, Anna, and it is absolutely fascinating. Yes. Um, and it, it really, it like, I, I do think that the church tries to sort of distance itself from anything pagany. Yeah. Even though at first they were like, well, we want the pagans. We have to get the pagans. <laughs> like, let's just do pagan things like Christmas trees or whatever. And like, that'll be fine. Like Saturnalia, great. That's Christmas. Like, just let's just do that. And now they're like, "Mm, no, don't do that. Like anything like the way that incorruptibility is no longer considered a miracle. Like, it just feels like the church is trying to be like, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Christianity is absolutely your far more popular friend trying to share a birthday with you. But then on your (laughs) actual birthday, they're like, I I mean, no, but listen, like. I actually was kind of born earlier in the day, like trying to distance themselves from you, but they're still trying to like make it appear like we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. Like they're chatting with you, but they're looking over your shoulder. (laughs) And in this you're the pagan. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're all the pagan. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, this is all, this is all to say, please don't go about faking incorruptible bodies. Don't try to make yourself incorruptible. After you die, 
it's not worth it because then you're just cheapening the actual incorruptible people. You know what I mean? Like don't, don't do that, you know? Yeah. And I'm just ready for COVID to be over so that I can go and see St. John Vianney again. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to now. This is real. I'm really, I don't know. This might, I might go back to church. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta it go. proves it. Um, this is wild. Anna, I'm so glad that you brought this up because thank you. First of all, um, we'll, we'll obviously post some pictures of this, but, but everyone listening, please do your own research because yeah, it's hard to get across the kind of uncanny valley of incorruptible bodies on the internet. Yeah. Maybe we should put up a carousel on our Instagram of oh, incorruptible saints. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. And speaking of incorruptible saints and mummification, I just want to say a big thank you to all the listeners who reached out to me to send me, um, I think it was, was it Zach Broussard? Somebody tweeted the, um, the license plate or the, um, bumper sticker that says I'd rather be watching the 1999 classic, the mummy starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. This is famously my favorite movie in a big way. And it, it really, I got dozens of messages from listeners who made sure that I saw it. And it really, it made me feel so seen by the community. That's Um, really that. That proves a camaraderie of this podcast that I really appreciate. Yes. And of course, the um, the the bumper sticker is from Super Yaki Shop. At Super Yaki Shop, you can look it up. And Anna, um, something that I feel like maybe a thing for us to look forward to as um, everyone begins to get vaccinated and things uh, uh, return to some degree of functional normality. Um, one day, darn it, I would love for us to do a live viewing of The Mummy together. Oh! <gasps> God, wouldn't that be fun? It really would be important. I would really love that. Um, I, it it really it's my favorite in a big way. It, to me, it's like the Bible. It's, like if somebody wanted to make fun of it, I wouldn't have a I wouldn't have an okay time. No, and and I don't. I have no desire to make fun of it because it is a perfect action romp. Yes, it really it, is. It has something for everyone. I've said this a million times. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. So it's Morgan Evans is the one who tweeted it. Oh yes, yes um, that makes sense. Um, uh, it's really good. Uh, a lot of their stuff on Super Yaki. They had a Fraser February <laughs> with all Brendan Fraser products, That's... and a lot of them were sold out because I I like went on their site on February first and couldn't find anything, and then forgot about it, and now everything's kind of sold out. Yeah. They also have a Judy Greer line, uh, Greta oh. Gerwig, a lot of a lot of important, very niche. That makes me Um, really happy. Anytime, anytime Brendan's doing well or anytime there's like attention showed to him on Twitter, I feel like people get it, you know? Yes. I really, that, that is what I feel. I feel like I live in a world that makes sense. Right. A great, a great star, a great blockbuster star. (sighs) He's so good. Um, Anna, thank you so much for this trip down the world of incorruptibility. Um, thank you for bearing with, no. we, you know, we, we bounce around, um, and, uh, and I think thank you corner was sort of our segment for the week. I, yeah. Thank you. Corner was good. We will return to, I know we've, we've been really uh, leaning hard into bird noises, but, uh, scary ideas for things that could happen. We'll return next week. How about we say? Yes. Um, excellent. And listeners, uh, we wish you an incorruptible afterlife. Uh, and one more thing. Get, Get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. 
Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.